to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Christians are those who have come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Becoming a Christian does involve activity on man's part. As much as we emphasise the sovereignty of God, man is not passive in Christian conversion. It is God who takes the initiative to draw, but man, for his part, has to respond to that drawing. He has to come. To whom coming? So conversion includes human responsibility. A man has to be actively seeking God, listening to his word, and analysing his life in the light of that word. The scriptures tell us, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, verse 6. So, man is not just meant to go about his life ignoring God till God suddenly stops him in his tracks. It is the obligation of men to seek God. Now, God, of course, can suddenly stop a man in his tracks. But the general pattern is that God requires that unbelievers seek him. It is an obligation upon every human being to come to Jesus Christ. To come to the one who said, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And our Lord rebuked those who did not come. John 5, verse 40. John 5, verse 40. Ye will not come to me, that ye may have life. And the original language there is emphasising that people are not using their wills to come to the Lord. The Holy Spirit works upon men's wills, prompting and enabling them to come to Christ. But then their wills have to be used to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading. So on the day of judgment, men will be lost because of their deliberate rejection of God's drawing of them. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Peter encourages men to come to Christ by describing certain of our Lord's characteristics. He is 
a living stone. Well, that could be equally rendered the living stone. He is unique. He is the only one to whom men must come. No one else is the living stone. No one else could be given that description. A living stone. There is no other God or prophet or religious teacher who could ever carry this title of living stone. If we think about it, it is a rather strange term. Because stones, by their very nature, are inanimate and without life. We even use the expression stone dead. But Peter tells us that Christ is the living stone. He is a stone because he is hard, solid, enduring and perfect as a foundation to rest upon. But he is also a living stone because he is the eternal God who has always been alive even before time began. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. Even when he became a man and was cruelly put to death by other men, even then death could not hold him. For he rose from the dead to carry on living forevermore. Not only that, he even has within him the ability to give life to others. He is the unique living stone who is calling upon men today to come to him. He is eternally alive and the only rock-solid foundation upon which to build salvation. And so Peter says in Acts 4, verse 12, There is salvation in none other, for neither is there any other name under heaven that is given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, the Greek word for stone used here in this fourth verse is used of stones which can be thrown. Stones for building and heavy, unliftable stones, such as that which was rolled in front of the tomb where our Lord's dead body was laid. And so we're thinking of Stones of many different sizes. Some we would describe as great rocks. The whole point about stones is their hardness. And even a small stone can be a lethal weapon. It is possible to kill a man 
by throwing a small stone at him. David killed Goliath with a single stone. And so to throw a stone at someone is an attempt to maim and even kill them. And so people who pick up bricks and stones and other hard items to throw at policemen during a riot are actually guilty of attempted murder. That kind of conduct should never be condoned under any circumstances. So when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ under the metaphor of a stone, we are thinking of that which is hard, solid and even dangerous. In Luke chapter 20, our Lord actually refers to himself as a lethal stone. Luke 20 verse 18. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And so the Lord is speaking of himself there. He is the stone which can grind to powder and reduce to dust. If someone is running along a track and does not know that they're is a big stone in the way around the corner along the track. It can bring him down and cause him serious injury. But as well as running into stones in that manner, uh, stones, larger stones can be very dangerous if they come down upon a man, as for example in a rock fall, in a valley. And so the Lord actually calls himself a stone with a potential to crush and destroy. This is uh, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which is not generally presented to men. The average Unbeliever out there, if he thinks about Christ at all, uh, thinks of him uh, in terms of someone who is very soft and gentle. And, and it's a very one-sided view of the person of Christ. He is a stone who crushes and grinds down to powder. He is the living stone. And included in that description is the hardness and sometimes lethal nature of stone. It's interesting that the Lord Jesus Christ is not described as living clay, which men can bend and mould to their own liking. He is a living Stone. 
Now, interestingly, this title of living stone also applies to believers in Christ. Verse 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So every believer who comes to Christ, the living stone, also himself becomes a living stone. This is because he now has the life of Christ within him. He has now become a new creature in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is becoming conformed to Christ in holiness of life. And he is now solid and fixed and secure in the sanctuary, which is the true church. Because he believes the one true faith. The Apostle Paul uses the same metaphor as Peter here when he writes to the Ephesian Christians. In Ephesians 2 verse 20, he says that Christian believers are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So believers in Christ become the living building blocks of the spiritual temple which is the true church. They also become priests, having access into the very presence of God, offering up not animal sacrifices, as is in the Old Testament temple, but the spiritual sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. So believers in Christ, become living or lively stones full of life. Yet there is a hardness and solidity and firmness because we are united to him who is the chief cornerstone. Now, if we move on um, to verse 8, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is described like this. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. So the fearful and dangerous aspects of the nature of stone as applied to our Lord is confirmed in this verse 8. 
Now the words there, stumbling and offence, do not mean a, a little trip up. But the picture is of one who goes crashing unawares into solid rock. One who is stopped in his tracks and utterly flattened. Again, let us picture someone running across very rugged countryside. He suddenly turns a corner. He does not see a large rock protruding out of the ground and he is sent flying headlong. His journey is brought to an end. His injury is too great to carry on. The injury could even be fatal. Lord Jesus Christ, it's a dangerous stone or rock just like that. For he stands in the way of all sinful, unbelieving men. All those who are busy getting on with their important lives without any reference to their maker. To them, he is the stone of stumbling and rock of offence. All those who think that modern man in all his sophistication and with all his science can ignore Almighty God. He is a stone of stumbling to all sides. large and lethal stone standing in the unbeliever's path who will one day take the unbeliever completely by surprise and send him crashing down never to rise again. Now, it would be interesting to turn to the passage from the Old Testament which Peter is quoting in this verse 8. It's in Isaiah chapter 8, commencing at verse 13. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 13, where we read, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offence to both the houses of Israel, and for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. And so notice the language there being used, talking about being snared. A gin is an animal trap. The Greek word translated offence, uh, here in 1 Peter 2 verse 8, can also mean a trap, a stumbling block, a snare. That which takes you unawares and brings you down. 
Now there in Isaiah 8, Isaiah is saying, let God be your dread. Fear him, or else he will be the rock in your way which will stop you in your tracks. Here in the New Testament, those words of Isaiah, which were spoken of God the Father, are now applied by the Apostle Peter to the Lord Jesus Christ. Proving that the Father and the Son are one and share the same divine characteristics. So Christ is the stone, the embedded rock standing in the way into which all unbelievers shall crash and be fatally wounded. They will be brought down because as verse 8 here further states, they are disobedient. They stumble at God's word, being disobedient to it. So we are taught that those who will be fatally injured by Christ, the living stone, are those who defy what the Bible says. They stumble at the word. Therefore, we warn sophisticated modern man that he ignores the Bible at his peril. We are not far off the situation in this country where the Bible is going to be banned as hate speech. That is the direction in which we are fast moving. In China, they fear the Bible so much that they have actually altered various passages of the Bible to make it conform to Communist Party thinking. And then they've reissued it. So we need to realise that we live in a society which hates the Word of God. And all the nice people out there, externally nice people who are intelligent and well-educated, they generally hate the word of God. Now in that same passage in Isaiah chapter 8, which, which we just read, from which Peter is quoting here, God is also described as a sanctuary. And this brings us to another aspect of our Lord's stone and rock-like nature. Our Lord being called a living stone conveys to us, as we have said, the notion of solidity, security and firmness, which are characteristics of stone. 
stone or rock is that upon which builders depend to provide them with a perfect foundation. And so thinking of stone as a foundation, let us go to verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. And then in verse 7, Peter continues concerning the living stone. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And so this stone, we are told, is precious. The original word means worthy of all honour. Our Lord is referred to as the chief cornerstone in verse 6 and the head of the corner in verse 7. He is the perfect foundation for the building which comprises all who believe in him. He is the perfect foundation for the building which is the sanctuary for all who are saved. Remember, we had the word sanctuary uh, in that passage in Isaiah 8, uh, 13 to 15. Now, when builders beginning a project, lay down in the earth the chief cornerstone. Nothing could be more crucial because it is from this one large, solid, carefully fashioned and carefully placed corner piece that the angles and lines of the whole building are determined. If the cornerstone is wrong, the whole edifice will be wrong. Now, Peter again quotes from the book of Isaiah. In this verse 6, he is quoting from Isaiah chapter 28. Where God the Father says in verse 16 of Isaiah 28, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. The Father is referring to his very own Son, whom he has chosen whom he has elected to be the saviour of the world. This is a tried, tested and approved stone, perfectly fitted for its designated purpose. And this stone is precious 
in the Father's sight. So that the Father declares from heaven when his Son begins his earthly ministry, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So God the Father has placed his Son to be the chief cornerstone in the spiritual temple, which is the true church. The gathering of those who are saved, both Jew and Gentile. This temple is the only sanctuary for sinners from the righteous anger of God. It is the sanctuary which God himself has provided. There is no other sanctuary from the wrath of God but the true church of Jesus Christ. Everyone who repents of sin and believes in Christ is, as it were, placed on top of the foundation stone, which is Christ. He becomes part of the spiritual temple. And so the Apostle Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So there is no other foundation stone in all heaven and earth apart from Christ. None other. Buddha is not one, Muhammad is not one, none of the Hindu gods is one. Moses is not that stone. It is Jesus Christ. Only upon him can be built the spiritual house, the strong tower, the sanctuary into which sinners need to flee. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is the only one fitted to represent man before the Holy God, to carry their sin as their substitute. And so verse 6 here concludes with the words, He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Those who build their salvation upon the rock which is Christ shall never be disappointed. Those who repent of sin and believe in him will be secure from the wrath which is coming upon the whole earth. Now, let us go back to what we were emphasising earlier. The Lord Jesus Christ is either a rock which provides men with a sanctuary, a place of safety, or he is a rock which sends men crashing down. 
He is one or the other. And so no one can be neutral concerning Jesus Christ. No one can try and put himself into a position where Christ is neither of those two things to him. The Lord Jesus Christ must either be the Saviour or else he is the judge who condemns. There is no other alternative. There are just two classes of men in all the world. Those who are saved by Christ and those who will perish at the hands of Christ. Paul speaks of these two classes of men. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15 and 16. To the one we are the savour of death unto death, and to the other the savour of life unto life. So the Christian gospel is either the sweet fragrance of new life, or the foul stench of death and decay. The Lord Jesus Christ means either death or life, depending on how men respond to him. Will he be the rock which grinds men into dust, or will he be the rock which provides a protecting sanctuary. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. Moses tells the Israelites, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day, that I have set before thee life and death, the blessing and the curse, therefore choose life. One either clings to Christ, the rock, and lives, or else one stumbles over Christ, the rock, and dies. Now, we see here, in both verses 4 and 8, that the Lord Jesus Christ is, generally speaking, disallowed of men. Disallowed of men, rejected by men. That is the general response of men to Christ. Most reject the living stone. However, the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. And he that believeth on him shall never be confounded or put to shame. Verse 6. Those who refuse to follow the crowd and who come to Jesus Christ will be gloriously vindicated. 
Now, we began our study of this passage by stressing the necessity of people using their wills to come to Christ. Verse 4 begins, To whom coming as unto a living stone. Christ will only be to us a living stone and a sure foundation if we first come to him. Christ will only make men into living stones if they respond to his drawing and come using their grace-enabled wills to do so. And so the gospel emphasizes human responsibility. You, sinner, must come to Christ. You must repent of sin and trust in him. Do not reach the situation where he says to you, ye will not come unto me that ye might have life. You see, those who do not come to Christ, they will find him to be the stone or the rock of offence. That over which they will stumble. He will be the stone which will grind them into powder. And so the gospel is a call to men to come to Jesus Christ. The rock of absolute security. But if you do not come to Jesus Christ... He is the rock who will grind you into the dust forevermore. Amen.